Hello and welcome to Vikings Territory Breakdown. I'm Joe Oberly of VikingsTerritory.com and PurplePTSD.com. Joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Craig, NFL writer, Vikings writer for Star Tribune and StarTribune.com. We're here to recap yet another win for this 9-2 and Vikings team who have righted their ship. And, you know, I'm going to start off by saying it feels pretty dang good after that Cowboys debacle that uh, – They've turned things around, beat a good team, and they just went two and three and perhaps arguably the toughest part of their schedule. So things are looking good for the purple. And uh, I went out and celebrated with a second piece of Thanksgiving pumpkin pie last Thursday. So what do you wow, think? Wow, it's that big. Yeah. It was that big? Wow. Absolutely. Wow. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's. Again, it's you know it's kind of what they they said they were going to do, and they you know they're having a good track record of uh, of bouncing back the way that they you know putting it aside and coming back. That's a that was a good it's an impressive win. I, I thought you know the Patriots aren't what they used to be, but uh, still good scrappy team, uh, uh, a defense that I thought was better than what we saw. Um, I thought Belichick would have something to you know to throw at uh, Jefferson, but uh, that could also mean that Jefferson is what we think he is, and that's. It, He's the best receiver in the league. I mean, man, the way he uh, the way he plays right now is is fun to watch. And uh, so, you know, I, it was a good win. It's uh, you know they got they got still got a long way to go. They got they have to focus on the conference, not the division, because everybody else in the division is terrible. Yeah, you know, you, you make a point about Jefferson. He 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 made that catch late in in double coverage down the left sideline, a dime thrown by by Cousins. But then the you know which set up the touchdown to Thielen. And I've seen that played back a couple of times. In fact, I would just rewatch the, the fourth quarter and Jefferson did a crossing route that took three players with him and taking one safety. You said, Oh, oops, I'm supposed to cover Thielen crossing right. back the other way. So if that's just what, you know, it validifies what you're saying that, that he's that dangerous. They have to pay that kind of attention to him. And that's got to open up stuff for, you know, an easy, play somewhere else which which that, that play kind of exemplified yeah i mean i i didn't write about that play specifically on uh, but i wrote about feeling for sunday's paper uh and that was that's the play that you use as an example it's like this is how good uh, you know it's a combination of things this is how good jefferson is this is how how uh you know belichick paying as much attention as, as to jefferson like that and then feeling you know feeling's like it's since 2020 jefferson's rookie year is like the third or third highest number of touchdowns in the red zone uh, on the fewest amount of, of targets, like 23 touchdowns. You know, Kelsey's number one, Devontae Adams is up there, uh, and Cooper Cup. Those are the top three. And then there's there's uh, Thielen right there behind Cup at 23. Cup has 24. And it's like, you know, this is how good this offense can be when you have an Adam Thielen who's a proven uh, red zone threat it's like, uh, you know, an afterthought. They lose track of where he's at, and, and it's a, and then a you know, rifle by Kirk to see it. And after the game, they did talk about uh, about kind of waiting for that play to develop. They, they knew if they ran it, they were going to get a certain luck. Well, I think they, they ran it in a different part in the field or whatever, and they saw what the safety was going to do. And then they, they pulled the trigger on it with the 15-yard line, and then they, they, they throw in, they, and, you know, it's um, – and also with, with with cousins, it's and and Jefferson, yeah, Jefferson's making the you know one of the greatest catches we've ever seen in our lifetime a couple of weeks ago, uh, but also that one pass that you just referred to when he was in double coverage, 
he just goes like this and the thing hits him right yeah. exactly. So it's a combination of Kirk's accuracy and uh, and Jefferson's ability to catch everything around him. Yeah. Uh, and, that, and that gives Kirk more and more confidence. Uh, and, uh, you know, for them to you know, come back and be like that after a 40 to three beat down uh, was impressive. You, you, you made a point in your opening statement that, that makes me think, you know, you said you thought you, uh, uh, Belichick would have something more dialed up for Jefferson. And that's his notorious way of take, <clears throat> excuse me, taking away the, the, the strength of the other team. So you, you figured he might come in and try to figure out a way to take away Jefferson and let, let you beat him with the rest of your team. Correct. Yeah. I mean, you know, Belichick's done things over the years that obviously uh, has gone against the grain of what people thought he was going to do. And the first or second Super Bowl that they won, uh, the greatest show on on turf was you know the Rams. It was all passing, passing, passing. His you know famous game plan was to, to take Marshall Falk out of the game, hit him, beat up on him, gang tackle him, and where they didn't have that that rhythm that they normally have, and that that's how they won that game. Some people might say they also had a tape of the of the Rams offense that they were looking at illegally, but you know still they had to execute it. And uh, you know I, I didn't see you know. And offensively, you know, the offensive coaching staff, I thought, you know, I know that Mac, uh, Mac Jones threw for 380 yards, had a great game. But late in the game, they were so unbalanced that it begged for them to run the ball against a, a defense that can't stop the run. Uh, and they didn't even try it. And they went three and out. And, and the ball is right back to the Vikings after, I think, a 29-yard punt. So I thought, man, that's that's another, where, another area where I thought, you know, Belichick, you know, just wasn't on his game. And it, it's – Foolish to sit here and think that I know more than Belichick or any of us do, but it just that's just my my my, you know, his players lost the game, but also the coaching staff helped lose that game. You know, uh, he clearly didn't take away Jefferson. I think what do you have, 139 yard receiving? I think, but do you think yeah. perhaps he might have focused on Cook because he certainly took the running game out of uh, away from the Vikings. They they could get nothing going uh, offensively for um, with the run. Yeah, I mean, it's they obviously stopped the run, but you know that's kind of the modern way of being balanced. I mean, I, I give Connell credit because th they stuck with it. I mean, I think uh, Cook had twenty-two carries for forty-two yards. Now that looks like a terrible game, which is yeah. you know it's a, it's a one point eight or nine average, but the fact that they kept the rhythm of of, of you know they had to stop because Cook, if you turn your if you turn your head halfway the wrong way against him. He can go 81 yards for a touchdown. So they were balanced. They weren't good at running the ball, but they, they maintained some balance that, that I think helped Kirk in the pocket um, and helped Jefferson. So I, I, it's another you know, good coaching point, I think, for, for O'Connell was he knows um, the, you know, the modern way of, of having to be balanced. It doesn't mean you're going to dominate and run for 300 yards, but it, it also means you've got to hand the ball off and keep that rhythm going. That's a great point. I like that modern way of being balanced. It is different than than the old days, and maybe different than the we saw with the pre previous regime here. Um, you're talking about O'Connell a little bit, and I, 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 you know, this this is kind of you don't have probably have an answer to this question, but I this I got to ask it out of frustration. If if you can every week, just about every week, they didn't against Dallas, but this season. Line up, script a script a drive, and go down the field. You know, basically march down the field like they did against the pa uh, Patriots on Thursday. Um, 
Why do you suck so bad on the second drive? Is that adjustments? Is that why, why can't they script the second drive? You know, and yeah. go right back down and do it again. Yeah. See now, now you're showing your your Minnesotan uh, roots now. Instead of like, oh my gosh, this is like the best team in the league at first drives. I mean, I I went back and for one of my extra points in the paper, I had they've run 84 plays on first their first uh, possessions. They have not had one penalty. Of course, I jinxed the crap out of them. They have not had one penalty. And you remember, like, I don't have the numbers in front of me of last year or the last two years, but it seemed like time and time again, they would get, they'd get that first drive going and there would be a false start and there would be a, a holding penalty in the red zone. Uh, you know, Udo would hold or, or false start or whatever, and that just threw everything out of whack. Well, now they've, they've scored in, in 11 games, they've scored seven touchdowns on their first possession. Um, yeah, you're, you're right, though. It, it does seem to follow up with uh, a three and out here and there, just like yeah. it did, uh, I believe, uh, Thursday. So, yeah, why don't they script the whole game, Joe? Just Exactly. You know. Now you're talking. That's what I'm talking about. You know, they did have a nice little wrinkle thrown in there, the uh, the uh, flea flick. I don't know what you call maybe flea flick, but Jefferson throwing to Thielen. You know, you hand out. Yeah. Uh, uh, Kirk throws it behind the line to Jefferson. Jefferson tosses it to to feeling it wasn't a big play, but it came at a right time uh, when they were, you know, doing just basic other stuff. All of a sudden, sprinkle this in there. That 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 that's got to make a defense think and get back on their heels a little bit. That was that was a nice call. Yeah, I mean, it, it also is kind of a, I mean, for it be the first drive, um, yeah. certainly certainly something that Belichick wasn't wasn't pl- planning for. Mm-hmm. It's almost kind of a you know tip of the cap to hey you know. Uh, I know I'm a I know I'm a rookie coach. I know that I used to be your third string nothing quarterback for one year, but you know here here here's a here's a little dose of this. And it was it was not a big play, but it was a first down, I think eleven right. yard pass. Right. Um, you know, and and boy, I, you know Jefferson can throw it well enough that you might see that again so down the road. Absolutely. Um, speaking of uh, uh, O'Connell being a. Uh, uh, Belichick accolade, you know, him having drafted him. I don't know that they're there together that long, but there was a, they had a long embrace after the game. I mean, uh, uh, Belichick comes on the field and kind of gives a shoulder to Thielen as he goes by. Didn't have much to say to him, but then, the, you know, I, I just saw it. They're just having a, a nice warm chat. So, they, you know, there was obviously an impression. And I like what Belichick said earlier in the week about O'Connell said, he said he's a smart guy. And he says, I'm not surprised he's having success at the game kind of thing that he, you know, he, he, you know, maybe that's a way of saying I was a smart guy, but he couldn't play the position. I don't know, but it was, it was nice to see some respect there back and forth, even though Belichick got beat because he's notoriously a little grumpy and after a loss, especially when his special teams struggle. But anyway, we'll talk about that. Yeah. I mean, I think O'Connell kind of fits that uh, Brady light, Tom Brady, light, 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 Uh, you know, like, like, like a Castle, Mac Castle. I mean, they won 11 games in uh, 2008 with Mac Castle. Yeah. And a similar, you know, uh, smart, you know, the smarts and had kind of like a similar look, you know, obviously not Garoppolo. Brady. Uh, Garoppolo, that, which he drafted in the second round. O'Connell, which they drafted in the third round, believe it or not. Uh, O'Connell will tell you that he didn't have the arm to play the position. I mean, yeah. uh, he has every bit of the mind to play you probably, I mean, right now you're seeing kind of you're trying to get o- O'Connell's mind into, and K- although Kirk has a has a strong mind for the game too, but Kirk's seems to process more. You know, it's like there's more, it takes it longer probably to spit out 
the <laughs> results. Uh, but but Kirk's you know getting better at that with trusting uh, Jefferson and throw you know giving more opportunities to Jefferson and just getting comfortable with the coaching staff and also with the fact that they're winning. Um, so yeah, it's that's uh, I could see Belichick having a lot of respect for him because you know he was drafted clearly for his ability to as to uh, for his mind, <laughs> not as much as his, his right arm. Perfect segue to Kirk. You got to talk about him. He had, I, I would say overall he had a great game. He threw some passes in there. He threw some passes under pressure that were great. Uh, he stepped up when, when he needed to be in the pocket and made some looks and made made some nice reads. He he threw some bad play, plays at, or passes under pressure. That one pick was, was terrible. There was a, a defender at his feet. That's Kirk in a nutshell, I think. But overall – when the chips were on the line, he made some, he made some great, great passes. We talked about the one to Jefferson that dime down there. He threw one, uh, several to Jefferson that, that, that were nice. Uh, what did you see from Kirk on Sunday? What kind of game Thursday, what kind of game he had? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like you said, it's, um, you know, Kirk is becoming, you know, I, I know that the previous regime didn't think much of Kirk as a leader. I don't know uh, how much of that is really, how important that is because they got a, it's a veteran veteran group that doesn't really need a leader, but you do see kind of a more, a different type of, um, you know, I know against the Cowboys, he was kind of, he got overwhelmed and yeah. uh, was pressured so much, but that's going to happen. I mean, he's, you know, he need he, he needs protected. I mean, he, he's not going to be uh, the guys that, that takes off running. He's not going to be Josh Allen. He's not going to be uh, Aaron Rodgers. He is who he is. So he's going to make some mistakes, but, I think you're seeing a guy that's playing a little more loose, a little more, um, a little more, more confidence, uh, and he's got the people around him. It, with with a, a Hawkinson being in there now, I mean, he catches a red zone touchdown. Thielen catches one, and Jefferson yep. catches one. Uh, there's a lot there for Kirk to work with, and he we're seeing, uh, yeah, we see him. We saw him take to Hawkinson right away, um, and to me, that's uh, that that acquisition. I mean that that you can't say enough about that. If this team goes and makes a playoff run, uh, he's going to be a huge part of that because Jefferson is going to be teams are going to be you know looking for ways to how do we stop this guy and Hawkinson and Thielen and Cook are going to be the guys that it benefits the most. Even KJ made some nice plays. Uh, has in the past few weeks, you know when when they've called upon, they don't call upon him much. Uh, but uh, he steps up when, when, at the right times and when he's needed. A couple uh, taking a couple jet jet sweeps for first downs that have been huge for the team. But um, I, I, I guess I, I bring that up because I want to put to bed this uh, Odell Beckham talk. You know, we got Odell Beckham getting hauled off a plane yesterday uh, down in Miami because f- for some reason or another. I, I I just don't think I think that's a circus you don't want to come to town, but. You, Keep, you know, when the when the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, sign Linval Joseph and, and they're gonna Dominican Sue, you know, you you start thinking, oh God, we should be doing something, you know, we got to get that third receiver in there. And I know what you feel about OBJ, but uh, I, I I think I'm with you, and not for me. Well, I don't think it's been, you know, he's he's visiting what the Cowboys. Uh, yeah, Cowboys for sure. You know, the Cowboys are gonna get in on that. Um, but yeah, I, I they don't need him. I. I they don't need him. They they have a not they have the best number one receiver in the league. They got the best number two receiver in the league, I think. And and KJ, I don't care what his numbers are, he's a clutch guy. When the other two are, you know, when the other two are 
you know, caught up in traffic and Kirk has time. I mean, KJ's going to get his. And, and Hawkinson now is basically their third target. So um, I, I wouldn't get involved in that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even take the, the chance of him coming in and messing up Kirk in any way or, uh, or also messing up, you know, the, the, what, what they have going with Jefferson. Jefferson, right. I, I admire Jefferson because he's acting, he's presenting himself in a way that he knows he's going to get paid, but he's not, you know, I, I don't see the things like we saw with Stefan Diggs. Yeah. You don't see that with Jefferson. Now, I can't profess to know all the stuff that goes on behind the scenes, but you know my instincts tell me that this guy can handle this better than Stefan Diggs was going to be able to handle it. Uh, it also helps that you know this is where it helps having Cuz or um, O'Connell. You know uh, O'Connell as your offensive guy directing the team. You know is head and shoulders above Clint Kubiak. You know trying to become Gary Kubiak which I still think was Mike Zimmer's worst mistake was going from Gary to Clint and just thinking it was going to work, especially yeah. when he was, he was on the hot seat. Yeah. Uh, well, Mark, you're on fire today. And now you just, you're just the segue King because you said if when he's protected and I thought that was, you know, in the play we talked about earlier, the touchdown to Thielen, he cousins is able to make that play follow Jefferson this way. And then, turn his body back and fire her because he had time and he didn't have it always on Thursday night, but uh, they sprung a couple leaks. I saw a bad sack uh, where Brandel in at left tackle that just let, let the guy throw it go and, and hit Kirk from his blind side and how Kirk cousins hung on to that ball is beyond me. They, they were just freaking out about it on the broadcast and watching it back. I, I'm, I'm inclined to agree. They couldn't hold, hold open any holes for cook. Uh, Brandon Ingram had, had struggles. We need Darisaw back, but, uh, um, off and on they, they did their job and gave Kirk cousins enough time, uh, certainly compared to the previous, uh, game to make plays. What, what do you think? Yeah, I would, I would celebrate the way the offensive line played compared to, uh, four days earlier against the Cowboys. I, you know, a big reason why I picked the Patriots, one was Belichick and the other was, you know, Darisaw was ruled out as soon as you know, in, in uh, O'Connell's opening statement, Darisaw was ruled out. Now, Darisaw gave up two sacks in the limited time he was in that game. So, you know, he, he's, he wasn't right. Um, I'm not saying he didn't, you know, he passed, he passed their concussion protocol and all that, but he clearly wasn't up to speed because he hadn't practiced the whole week and all that. Uh, and then Brandel was a disaster and they brought, you know, and Schlotman came in and, for Cleveland in the second half a little bit. And you know, he was a disaster when they had, you know, the, the dome was quiet and they had back-to-back false starts and it was embarrassing for him and for the offensive line. The fact that Brandel only gave up that one that you're talking about, I thought that was going to be a, a, a common theme throughout the whole night is that you would see that. Uh, that she doesn't, doesn't agree. The dog does not agree. The dog, there's three of them here. So, yeah, oh. none of they're all against you, Mark. They, they're, they're not. Yeah. They're not so, just, I think the offensive line played well enough to win. I mean, compared to the Cowboys game and the fact that the Patriots were no slouch either when it comes to rushing the passer, that was a good game for them. Well, it sounds like the dogs need to go outside. So, that's a good time to take a break. Let's, let's take a quick one and uh, come back to, to the Vikings territory breakdown with Mark Craig. Thanks. All right, folks, welcome back to Vikings Territory Breakdown. Mark Craig from the Star Tribune. Mark, uh, we talked the first segment about the offense, which was uh, put up 33 points and uh, 
Um, other than a couple times where they had delay of games uh, that ticked off their quarterback, they were pretty, pretty, uh, pretty effective in that game. The defense, not so much. Um, I thought the defense, you know, I think it's a problem. And then you and I were talking off air before we got on about the defensive line. There's just no rush early in the game. They showed up late and made a couple big sacks and some big plays to to keep uh, uh, to solidify that victory. But uh, what's going on there? Are they missing Dalvin Tomlinson so much? Or what are your thoughts on the on the defense in general and maybe the defensive line in particular? Oh, uh, yeah. And then obviously, you know, Zedarius and uh... – Daniel are part of that. They're the prime prime parts of that package. Um, yeah, it's you know I think it's a lot of it is the scheme, and they, you know they just they they don't they don't do anything real exotic. I mean, it, it, yeah, Sidarius so will kind of you know drift around and look for his spot to rush inside. That's different, you know. Uh, but you know when there's a consistent four man rush and you're not getting there. I mean, Dak Prescott wasn't even touched uh, earlier in the year. You know, I picked the, I picked them to beat the Lions, which they did at home, in part because I thought, oh, you know, the dome's the dome is going to be rocking. Uh, you know, they're going to pass rush is going to be all over this guy. You know, uh, they they hardly touched him. Um, and a similar feeling with this game. I mean, we'll talk about it later, but you know, you feel like the pass rush should uh, should dominate this this game that's coming up. Um, but I don't know if it will because you just you, you see it. Obviously, uh, Zedarius. I think Zedarius is is more banged up. I think he's he's dragging a kind of a bum knee through the year here. Um, and Daniel is still kind of getting used to the to the system. He had a sack. Um, yeah, but he's not as comfortable inside as Zedarius, and it's clear clearly not the case. And then you know uh, Harrison Phillips is not a pass rusher. I don't I don't feel. Um, you know, and Dalvin Tomlinson was showing himself as a as an interior pass rusher, uh, and you know he hasn't played in a while now. So I would think that you know with the extra time now, you know he would play in this game. But you know who knows? That extra time is not only going to be huge for him. We definitely hope to see him back, but it's going to be huge for this uh, banged up secondary, especially in the cornerback position. Mark, we saw again. Uh, something that we've seen earlier in the year, so many open receivers in the middle of the field uh, made uh, Mac Jones, Mac, is that his name Jones or Adams? I can't, Jones, whatever. Mac Jones. Mac Jones uh, looked like Tom Brady for a while there. I mean, uh, Belichick went away from the, the rush against this team and, and threw the ball all over the place, and they had, they piled up the yards, no question. But uh, what what what's, you know, is is it, is it Kendricks and Hicks struggling in coverage or what, why is there such open spots, you know, so many open receivers in the middle of the field there? I mean, that, that's, that's a good question because it, you know, it depends on the rush a lot. A lot of times these, these uh, like when they played uh, the Cardinals, you know, no one's talking about how the, there were big gaps in the, in the defense and the, in the zone coverage and everything. That's because the quarterback was laying on the ground or, you know, or being hassled and being harassed and running and stuff like that. Uh, whenever there, whenever the rush does not meet the coverage, especially when you're talking about you're down to your what, uh, uh, you know, like four string corner, your Duke Shelley has come and and Duke actually has had some really good plays. Yes. Uh, the, yes. the, the play he had in overtime uh, three weeks ago, yep, um, was fantastic. I mean, had for a nice guy just coming off the, the, of the game, had had a nice one here in in the yeah. late stages of the game. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, they have, you know, 
personnel wise, I think they're finding the right guys, but you know, you can only find so many guys to replace so many guys before it gets down to where, you know, there's no one left. Uh, so yeah, they, they need that rush to also, you know, marry up with the coverage and, uh, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna find some uh, miscommunication in the back when there's there's that much time to throw. You think it's more miscommunication? I mean, I saw a little chatter on Twitter, which is is nothing uh, that we should so totally to rely on. But you think uh, you think Eric Kendricks is slowing down a little bit, or is he still uh, still doing doing it the same as usual? No, oh, I, I think he's still in his prime for sure. Yeah, I mean, he's made some plays earlier this year and. I mean, uh, in Belichick or in the in Zimmer's defense, you know, he was three steps ahead of everybody. I thought he was like the most uh, he could diagnose something and be there before the offense would even get to that spot. Um, you don't see that as much now because he's in a new he's in a new scheme and everything. But no, he's he's still an elite player, I think. Um, you know, speaking of the second day, you know, it, it's funniest thing I. Harrison Smith missed one game due to a concussion, but Pat Pete, and I don't want to jinx either one of these guys. Those are two of those guys out there and they're still out there fighting every week. Uh, and Patrick Peterson had a, had a great play near the end of the game when the Patriots are putting on their final rush to, to, to make their last chance to tie it up. And they're running up the field and uh, they, Jones throws a pass over the sidelines and Peterson grabs this guy and makes sure he doesn't get out of bounds to stop the clock. They had no timeouts left, and basically the game ended right there. They had one more last desperation play, but no time left on the clock. Huge veteran play, and that's the kind of thing he's been doing every week. He's been a leader out there. He's been making the plays, and he stole the turkey leg from the, from the, the post-game celebration on Thursday night. Ah, I did not know that last part. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, he's, he's, been, uh, he's been a pro. I mean, he's been uh... – Exactly what you, you know, what you want in a guy like him. You know, come in and you would think that he'd be the one breaking down you know, physically, but uh, not not so far. I heard someone say, quote him as saying that, uh, and maybe it was on the broadcast. I'm not sure where, but that he said if he would have had this system, year, you know, years ago, he would have been even better than he was out in Arizona. You know, been able to play in this system. Do you want? Do you know anything? Any reason why that might be? Well, I think he liked he. You know, uh, being a press corner, uh, you know, a guy that's, that plays man coverage is, is hard. And it's as you get older, it's, you know, that you that's why you see guys will move to safety or they, mm-hmm. they get moved out of the league. Uh, he's this is more of a, you know, sit back and, and w- read the quarterback. And uh, and that's why he's got um, uh, what, three or four interceptions, whatever it is. Uh, he had two in the one game. Uh, so, yeah, I think he enjoys you know this defense in that regard. Uh, but he was a, he was a pretty, pretty good at what he did before. I mean, he was all pro, yeah. I don't know, a handful of times, three, four times. <clears throat> um, do you think this defense is just missing its frontline players? That's, that's why they've struggled the past couple weeks or, you know, and other parts of the season, if they get these guys back and get them back on the field and back up to speed, do you think they got a good enough defense with their offense to, to make a push in the playoffs when we get that far? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's just a hard team to read. I mean, they're, they're a good team. They're one of the best teams in the league. But I look at San Francisco, and they have not allowed a point in six quarters. They wow. got a four-game a four game winning streak where, where they have not allowed a point in the second half of games. Um, you know, they're, they're a team that's got their seven and four, I think. Um, 
you know, we, we've seen what the other two, you know, uh, top teams in the NFC are. The Cowboys beat the crap out of them. Eagles, you know, beat the crap out of them in the first half. The Eagles tried to let them back in in the second half, but Kirk kept throwing it away, you know, there were three times in that game, in that second half where I think the second half where uh, the Eagles was like, okay, this game might change. And then Kirk threw an interception. So, you know, if the Vikings and the, and the Eagles were to play now at U S bank stadium, I mean, it wouldn't be like, Oh yeah, the Eagles are going to kill them. Uh, they would have to play better defense. Cause as we saw last night uh, or um, whenever, well, I've lost track of all my days uh, yesterday, uh, the Eagles, uh, you know, ran for a million yards. And so right. uh, they're as good as any of those teams. But right now, I don't know whether I trust them. Um, and the kicker, the kicker is going to come back and kick them in the ass at some point. Uh, and I don't know when it's going to happen, but you cannot make it this long without these these constant misses. I, you know, the, the one that he missed uh, uh, the other day was – I said, well, I, I, I called that he was going to hit the right upright. And he just missed it outside by like a couple inches. It just seemed like the pressure situation of PAT, he's going to miss. You know, Mark, you talk, you, you, you make a great point about uh, Greg Joseph. It, he, uh, <laughs> it's like that, I, you know, wait, he's, he's like Mike Myers waiting to spring up out of the, uh, out of the back of the, wherever Mike Myers does in Halloween and, and cost the Vikings a game. He missed, he missed another PATs, five missed PATs on the year, one more than all of last year. And, you know, everybody it, it's, it's, it can't keep happening. It, it's changing games. It hasn't cost him a game yet, but it is changing games. What do you do as a coaching staff, as personnel, you, you got to ride him out, right? You can't, cut him at this point and, and look for oh. someone else. You've you got to ride him out and just hope that it doesn't happen. What you just described is coming up and kicking him in the butt. I'd have a short list and I would be looking at guys every week. Um, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's amazing how many misses he's had where it's not, it's not mattered. You know, I mean, you're, you're exactly right. It's changed the games. It's forced them to go for, uh, for touchdowns as opposed to field goals. And it's also, let the other team kick field goals as opposed to going for touchdowns. And, you know, it just, it's, it's those PATs and those pressure situations where it's a difference of three or four points. And we're seeing it time and time again. And, you know, this team has got eight, eight of their, um, what, eight of the nine wins are, are one score games. So yeah, it's, right. it's, you know, that it's a concern. I don't know. You know, you just keep running them out there. I, I do like that. Uh, I do feel that um, O'Connell has handled him well. Uh, the Washington game when uh, they took points off the board. I know it was a chip shot field goal. Right. They took the points off the board after Washington had a penalty. They ran it down to nothing. You know, it's like, oh my gosh, when you when you try to score, just knowing that your kicker could shake it and then you're done. Uh, and and Joseph knocked it through. So he has, uh, you know, he he's handling his kicker better than we've seen at probably any Vikings coach handle a kicker. I guess uh, you know. I would probably handle like I, I, like Zim did with uh, uh, what's his uh, Daniel Carlson. That probably would have been me. I'd have let him go on Monday. All of us would have. Because hindsight, we all would have let him go on Monday morning. But maybe maybe that's not what the coach should do. Um, so Mark, uh, I, I like how he's handled it. Do you think that we're going to start seeing it? Certainly, as we go to the playoffs and the games get bigger, 
and then maybe into the place you, you know, it's one of the top red zone offenses in the league. Do you think they start going for two points instead of uh, trotting him out there to, to with this might, it's got to be in his head now at five misses already. And they're only a little over halfway through the season. Well, I think if you, if you got to that point, you got to get rid of him because then you, you know, uh-huh. you have no, no faith in him. Um, but yeah, I mean, and this is, uh, you know, this game coming up with, you know, the Jets, um, Zerline is a guy who's like fourth in NFL history with a f- 50 yarders or more. Yeah. And, uh, and he's got a handful of them this year. Well, the other guys, one of six, I think one of five, one of six, he's, <laughs> he's had two of them blocked. So I, I don't even know if the Vikings would attempt 50 yard field goals now or 56 yard field goals. Yeah. Uh, how, or how many times they would do that because, you know, th- their guy can't do it. Uh, that certainly has a strength for it, but. That's another thing that a uh, hurdle that they have to get over because you're going to need a 50-plus yard field goal at some point before the year is over. Well, there was some good news on the uh, uh, special teams to talk about, and that was certainly Canadian Nwangu's, uh, uh 97-yard uh, touchdown return for a score. Came at a big time in the third quarter that, that uh, after the Patriots had taken a, a decent lead, I think a 10-point lead, and they kicked off, and, and, and he kicked it out to the left sidelines, erased up, got help by a couple calls, I thought. A couple, couple plays there, a couple of blocks or whatever that could have been called against the Vikings. They did not on that play. But then he just turned up the Jets and went on. You know, Aside from some a little bulky co- uh, kick coverage of their own, that big play is huge. I mean, it, it's it's like in 22 games for Nuanu, he's got three of them. So he's on pace to to take over Cordero Patterson for the all-time lead who you just said it yeah, last I year. Yeah, I don't I don't know if he can set a pace on something you like can. that. It's Come <laughs> on, Mark. I mean, you can have two and two in one year and then go 10 years without one. Yeah, so. uh, but it, no, it, it's uh, he's a weapon. I mean, his speed, he's smooth and uh CJ Ham had a block that maybe he's Got, got grabby on it. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and then I, I talked one of, for one of my five points, uh, the linebacker uh, from Temple, William Cuenco or something like that. Uh, it was his first NFL game. And you talk about a guy that could not have been happier to be part of. And he had a, a, a key block to, to give Owangu the sideline uh, with Asamoah. Uh, so, yeah, they got some young guys. I mean, that's a good example of like young special teams type players that, you, you know, he's not in any box score, but, you know, it's his first NFL game. He's a rookie. He helps make a great block. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, Vikings fans cannot complain about the referees. Uh, I, the referees well, get we'll a little bit of a grace period. Yeah. yeah. So, I, you guys, get the Vikings fans get a little uh, – should be like a, a – start adding these up and say, okay, we can't complain this week because of this, this, and this. There should be a scoreboard. But you you can you, – you might you shouldn't be able to complain, certainly when you get the win, but you can certainly talk about them. And we will next segment. Uh I, I, I did want to – God, now I lost it. You just derailed me. Um, oh, yes. Uh, Bill Belichick, the coach from across the, the, the way, prides Tougher himself room. on his special teams. And his – his uh, it's like Jason Garrett, who was commenting on the game, said, I wouldn't want to be in that special teams uh, meeting on Monday because they had the block punt – uh, or the uh, the roughing the, or running into the punter that really helped out the Vikings. They had the uh, uh, this this kickoff return, and they had some other problems on special teams. So it was uh, a nice to see the Vikings uh, beat at the old master at that as well. Yeah, I mean the the running into the punter went, went from a three and out to a touchdown mm-hmm. drive. 
Uh, you just can't on the, especially on the road. I mean, there was a lot, there were a lot of points where you're like, I was like looking at the game going, that's kind of what I thought the Vikings would do <laughs> as opposed to, you know, Belichick coached a uh, team. So that's another, it's a feather in the cap. Uh, another one for, uh, for this team. It sounds like Mark Craig is just chomping at the bit to talk about the refs. So we're going to come back after this short break and do that because Mark Mark loves harping on the referees and, and their effect on the game. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. So come on back to Vikings Territory Breakdown Podcast. All right, folks, welcome back to Vikings Territory Breakdown with Mark Craig from the Star Tribune. Mark, once again, the refs had a, had a hand in this game. And, boy, watching it back this morning, it was even greater than I thought. I mean, there was a number of plays, and they went both ways. Like you said in the last segment, the Viking, or Vikings fans shouldn't be able to complain about referees. And I was saying they, they certainly are, are, are a talking point, whether, whether they complain about them or not, because ultimately the Vikings won. So you can't say too much. But they have had their breaks this year. And they've been on the wrong side. I mean, there was a, there was a, there was a, uh, twelve men in the huddle that wasn't called against the Patriots. And then the next, and then the succeeding play, uh, it's like the Vikings got payback for them not calling that because they, uh, Daniel Hunter, yanked on Mac Jones's face mask on a, on a, a big third down play that went awry, and the Vikings were, you know, got the ball back. So it, it works both ways. But there was no play bigger than the Hunter Henry called touchdown that was reversed at the goal line. Uh, very controversial play. It's been all over uh, the Twitterverse since then. People going back and forth and and showing this view and that view to you know saying Tony Dungy came out and said there's just, just no two ways about it. This is not a catch. The guy, the referee at at the place said it wasn't a catch. When I first saw it, I thought it was. Uh, maybe not a catch. Then they looked at it and said, okay, he bobbled it, but he caught it. So it should have been on the one yard line. Well, then, you know, you, you look at it and they say it hit the ground. So it ends there. But I could not believe Mark in seeing that, that they reversed the call. They called it a touchdown immediately. I thought there wasn't, it was so close that, that they weren't going to reverse it. And, and it's great for the Vikings that they did. It, it might have won the game for them, but uh, you, you got to be uh, unhappy with it either way if you're in a, in, in a New England fan. It was it, it's 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 a game of inches, a game of uh, you know. Yeah, it's constant camera. It's it's constant. I mean, it, I think you know the modern football fan watches a game you know, after a great play. There's like the pause, and then you're looking for the look for the flag. And I think players even play that way. Yeah, they make a great play, and yeah. then they're all looking. You know, okay, where's you know? It's not over till we've all looked for the flag. You know, uh, and I thought it was a touchdown. I, I'm kind of with you. It's it was called a touchdown, and then the one angle you can see because his gloves are so dark that you're maybe a, a receiver should you know should be wearing like neon yellow or white gloves because then you <laughs> could like. Idea. I mean, it's, seriously, because it, it looked like. The one angle it looked like, you know, his you know, yeah, it moved, but he was his hands were still under the ball. Right. But the angle that the angle they kept showing in the stadium, of course, was the one where it looked like it's hitting the ground. Well, I think the other side, it's look, it's hitting it, it's still in his hand. Um, now, if Tony Dungy's, I didn't see what I didn't realize that he had said it was. He didn't think it was a catch, right? That, right. Because so, as soon as yeah, it hits yeah. the ground and bob and moves. Then it's no longer a catch. He regains catch. He, Tony yeah. Dungy didn't say it should have been their ball on the one yard line, which I think it should have been. 
But then when it hits the ground and it moves, he doesn't complete the process. And that's what Tony's saying. That's what the referee's saying. As soon as that ground, even though his hand's under part of it, he didn't complete the process of the catch to the ground. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we could, we could split hairs. There's so many plays in the NFL that, that this comes – it's amazing how yeah. – yeah, it's almost like how, how did we uh, – of course, we didn't have we didn't have high definition TVs. Right. We did, we all watched it on small, you know, twelve inch black and whites or whatever. Yeah. Uh, you know, in some ways, maybe the game was better then because it was it just moved along and, better. And but, the world was better without the internet and and Twitter, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah it's about, oh, the world definitely was better with a lot of social media. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I felt that he he caught it. Now there was a pool report on it where they asked where didn't he have the ball long enough before he went to the ground. And I don't know if that's the case. Uh, I just felt his hands were under, under it the whole time. And you know, that it was a catch and it wouldn't be overruled, but wow. I mean, it was, and it was like, Oh, and that's where Joe, I'm going to say this in the order that you order me to say it. They are a good, they are a talented team that's coached very well, but they got a little charm bracelet. That's, yeah. that's uh that's that that's where that this comes in. It's like, wow, you know, yeah. uh, you know, yeah, this last year, last year that doesn't get overturned or, or the, uh, uh, I'm losing track of which, which, what happened in what games, but right. uh, when the ball uh, was uh, rolled a catch and they didn't stop the clock in the final two minutes. Right. And uh, awful, you know, it's like, yeah, it does. And it doesn't hurt them. And it's like, wow, it's all the, and the missing, missing extra points left and right. And it's not hurting them. I totally agree, and if, if if every Minnesota Viking fan was honest with themselves, they'd be they'd feel a little sheepish at how much of the breaks have gone our way. There have been play called plays called against the Vikings this season, no question. You can go back. I mean, we had a ref take out one of our safeties, and you know, cost, <laughs> yeah, cost them. I mean, right. that that's bad luck. I'm sorry. Those things right. have happened. They've survived them mostly, you know. It doesn't matter how much luck you had in the Dallas or the Philadelphia game. You're going to get beat. You're played terrible. The Vikings, uh, you know, I, I, I can't argue with it. I, I think they're a, a very good team. I, I'm not there to say they're great yet. They have benefited uh, from some good breaks, but they've also put themselves in position to, to make Right, it. sure. You know, I mean, I, I said this probably to you online or, or somewhere else, but I – when I was talking to George Mike and writing his book way back in the day, he said he quoted Whitey Skoog as they're standing on a line doing autographs. And someone says, well, you sure got lucky tonight. And Whitey Skoog turns to George and he says, well, you know, the harder we practice, the luckier we get. And I mean, it's the whole idea is, you know, they're a good team. And, so, you know, the bounce of balls and whatever is going to go either way sometimes. Sometimes it, 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 it goes in your favor. Sometimes it doesn't. So, yes. I think the Vikings fans, I agree with you, cannot complain. They can talk about it. Right, right. The Vikings, the Vikings luck sometimes runs into a wall because sometimes like Taylor Heineke's luck is is like his horseshoe's this big and the Vikings is this big. <laughs> um so but but again, it, you look at a Taylor Heineke, you look at a um um uh oh god, I'm trying to blank on his name, but uh, quarterbacks that like that scrappy quarterbacks like Case Keenum. Yeah, and, and what they go through, it's like, how many times in 2017 did Case Keenum throw a terrible ball, underthrown ball, and it's a defensive pass interference or, or you know, just something that went his way? And and you know, there's something to be said about what you're saying. You put yourself in that position, um, 
to benefit that way. But it's, right. uh, yeah, I mean, this is a, it's, it's a fun team to watch for sure. Um, and like, I I've lost all feel of what the team, what they're going to do. I used to like kind of like each week I go, yep, yep. loss, win, loss, win. Uh, not this time. I'm like, wow, I no idea. Even the even the call that they got on uh, running into the punter, which took a three and out and turned it into a touchdown eventually. I, I watched it again this morning, like I've said, and and the way Ryan Wright celebrated after that, I'm thinking yeah. he feels like that he drew that thing because he it's hung probably, his leg up there yeah. just long enough for this guy to run into it. There's a little acting going on. Then takes a nice well, uh, yeah, he, and now granted that's part of the punter's job. But, you know, that could have gone either way. A ref could have interpreted that as, no, no, you're uh, you're acting. Yeah, I mean, he's, he acted like he stepped on a landmine. I mean, mm. it was like, you know, he was just – the guy just completely blew him apart. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. A big I mean, dude. Yeah, he is. A, he's a big for a putter. So, anyway, yeah, it, it goes both ways, folks. And I, I nobody needs more convincing of that for me, than me. So, I, I – uh, I, I think we're in agreement here. A good team that has had has a horseshoe planted just exactly where you need it at the moment, right? And and I'll, I will add that I don't feel that that their record would be any different without this. I think that they are they are a nine and two team. They are what they are, a nine and two team. And um, you know they could play Miami again with uh, Tua and lose by thirty. Yeah. Or they yep. could play the Eagles again and beat the Eagles by. A touchdown. I mean, Very it's well point. That's a great. It's point. it's all it's all when it's all, you know, a lot of it is when you play a team, um, but you know you don't have any choice but to play them when they're on the schedule. Right. Now, right? You, know, you see what Miami has done since Tua came back. Hate you to know, go down think there they, now. Yeah, I mean, it'd be great. It'd be great for the people who are traveling down there to have a <laughs> December in South Beach. But I think Vikings fans would probably give up the sunshine and for that win that happened in uh, September or whatever it was. Yes. I was saying last night there was, we were watching the Packers but, uh, game last night with Philly and they were talking about how my, how hot Miami is, you know, and how tough it is a place to play down there. I'm thinking to myself, well, the Vikings won down there. And then my son who has two on his fantasy team reminds me. Yeah. But that was without two. I go, yeah, that's right. That's that made a huge difference. That they got oh. Teddy Bridgewater and a third string quarterback in that game. So that makes a big difference. That's when you play. Uh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 also when you're sitting down and you're you got your pen out and you're doing win loss win loss throughout the year. Um, I mean, by the time they get the Lambo, I mean, you know, Rogers will probably be on a beach somewhere. You know, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, probably done for the in year Iowa, or whatever. You know, you're, at that point, you're thinking, okay, maybe the, if the Vikings can just hang in there and get to that game, and maybe that'll be for the division. Well, the Vikings are leading the division by five games now. They could uh, clinch on Sunday. They could right, clinch they on could, Sunday so, with the Packers loss and the Vikings win. Right. And, the, you know, the Packers are the most disappointing uh, – have to be the most disappointing uh, – of, of this season, the, the yeah. most disappointing team, uh, I think. Yeah, sure. Rodgers left the game last night with uh, with with a problem because of his thumb problems. I mean, he, he threw a, uh, a, a couple nice passes earlier in the game for scores, but he got injured, and Jordan Love came in and threw a sixty-three yard bomb to Christian Watson. Is this is this going to signal the change, Mark? Is this the passing of the torch that we saw from uh, Favre to Rodgers, now Rodgers to Jordan Love? Oh, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know about that. He, he left for he had uh, oblique or a, a rib injury. Oh, he did. Uh, and and the and the pass was more of a like a fifteen yard pass, and he 
freaking that guy's fast. Uh, we saw that in the first play of the season. Um, you know, he says he, he catches that. It. Maybe it's a different game, um, but he drops that one. But that, that Christian Watson, uh, I don't think we've seen the last of him. He's going to be, I think, a good player. He's, I mean, he's very, very fast. Yes, they'll they'll be able to remind Quasi uh, Adolfo Mensa that he they allowed the Packers to trade up and grab him. So that will keep. But keep but training. that's that's made the horse. That's the 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 first sign of the horseshoe. Uh, the the good luck charm was the Vikings didn't have anything to do with him dropping that ball. I mean, it was the defense did not play him well. He was behind the defense and he dropped it. So you know he's living right this year. Well, when when the ball is shaped as it is, a football oblong shape, you know, it, it's going to have some screwy bounces, and that's what I that for me is one of the, the best things about football because breaks are going to come the other way. You could you could have something sewn up, a game sewn up, and a ball takes the wrong bounce, and it, if somebody fumbles and goes the other way, it, it changes quickly. That's that's football. Well, let's let's talk about the uh, the the Jets who are flying into town next week, pun intended. Uh, Vikings have 10 days off to get ready for them. The Jets had a little uh, issue last week where they switched quarterbacks midseason. Their their young uh, quarterback, Zach Wilson, struggled a little bit against the Patriots that the Vikings beat, quite a bit actually, and then didn't respond in the media the right way. And so the head coach made a change to Mike White, I believe his name is, who, who looked really good yesterday against the uh, uh, Bears team that I think is is just happy to keep losing ball games. Yeah, I mean the Bears, you know, they traded away their two of their best two defensive captains, two of their better players. Yep. Um, you know, that's another like, when they got to the trade deadline, the Packers didn't add anyone on defense. The Bears gave up all their defense. Um, the Packers didn't add anyone to help Rodgers on offense. The Bears got rid of their defense, and the Lions gave the Vikings their best player or one of their best players. So it's right. kind of like wow. Uh, thanks, guys. That's how you. That's how. That's how you clinch in uh, uh, the first week in December, I guess. Right. Um, but yeah, uh, what was your question, Joe? I'm just talking about the Jets. What What do you see going on? There? <laughs> the Jets, yeah. they, they got some turmoil going on at quarterback. They, but they got a nice response out of the team, though they were playing the the Bears, and the Bears yes, aren't yeah, really yeah. concerned about winning anymore. Yeah, and you know, Mike White. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot of pressure on him. You know, not only was Wilson, you know. I mean, the coach really sends him a, a, a signal when it's we're benching you. We're not even dressing you. You know, you're not even going to be the backup. Uh, Mike White comes in. It, it rained the whole game. You know, watching that game, uh, you kind of knew that the, the Bears are a disaster and you know, Jets aren't a, aren't a great team, uh, but they're certainly better and with more confidence than we've seen the Jets. And I mean, last time they were in the playoffs, I think Rex Ryan was the coach. And it was like 2010. I mean, that they've just been a consistent double digit loser. So Robert Salee has uh, been a uh, has done a heck of a job. He's he's a candidate for coach of the year, as are a lot of guys. Um, you know, I would I would say you know normally I say when they come into U.S. Bank, a guy like that, you know the the crowd and the and the and the the pass rush will take care of that quarterback. But mm-hmm. I I just don't have enough faith in this this team's uh, uh, you know this team's pass rush to just kind of say okay this is an automatic win. Uh, I, I do like the Vikings in this game, but uh, that's I, I'm one behind. I'm like chasing them. You know, I, I say win, they lose. I, I say lose, they win. It's so it's uh, it's getting a little. Uh, I'm gonna be under 500 here soon if I don't uh, start winning some of these Vikings picks. 
Well, you're if you're chasing anybody, you're chasing me. I'm at eight and three, and you're at six and five. So it, uh, um, or is it even worse? I'm not. I, I'm, uh, I can't even remember it. But uh, I think I got a three game lead on you going right now. So um, I, uh, I don't know. I, I, you, you make a great point about the defense. I, I feel like they are. If if the Vikings blow this one, not not that they, sh- you know, not that the Jets are a bad team. But they're in some turmoil, you know. I, I think you got to. Uh, Mike White is going to regress to the mean a little bit, but they're going to come in wanting to, you know, they're they're in the playoff hunt for the first time in years, and they got to feel confident after after taking a bad loss and turning it into a, a big win, and they've made some great changes, and they know that their season's on the line every week. So this is not, in any word, it's going to be a pushover that I thought it was when no. I looked at it on the schedule at the beginning of the season. You know, right? They're, they're a decent team. And uh, although they're 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 like one of the worst in offense in the league, but they're one of the best in defense or one of the other. So, the, you know, there, there there is a chance there for Minnesota. Um, I'm worried about the fact that you're picking them because the way you've been going lately, it's just the opposite. All right. Well, yeah, I, I picked them. I figured uh, they'll beat Dallas at home. You know, I, I, was, I didn't realize it was going to be a, a Cowboys home game, though. So I, I should get like a half credit for that or something. <laughs> Uh, she great on a curve because I was like U.S. Bank Stadium, you know, late it's afternoon, late afternoon, the pass rush will get in, and you know it's Cowboys. It was a Cowboys home game, uh, it's what it sounded like to me. Uh, and then I picked them to, uh, of course, Belichick to beat uh, the young right. young boy genius, and he outcoached him, outplayed him. Uh, so yeah, I, I like I like the Vikings, uh, which I don't. You know, people probably want me to, to take the Jets, but. I like the Vikings. I think they're the better team. Now the Jets are every bit as confident and every bit as like you know when teams were bad for a long time, they get kind of an ornery look about them, and the yep. Jets are doing that. The Giants had that early, but the Giants are kind of losing that, mm-hmm. um, and I they're getting exposed. Um, but and the Vikings have a little bit of that going too, you know. And but I, I like the Vikings because they're at home. In the past, how many years? This is the the game that the Vikings would lose. They they'd win a big game, like they did in Buffalo, and then go puke on themselves against Dallas. And now they won a big game, you know, four days later, and and very dramatic fashion, and and, and uh, on in front of a home crowd in, in in front of a national TV audience. And by the way, Kirk is nine and eight on national TV games now, so we can lose that. <laughs> that thing but this is the one the vikings would lose for for whatever reason but i think since they had 10 days off they got to see mike white this weekend they got to see the the jets with him at at quarterback that's going to help them prepare and i and i think they're going to win this game it, it it's it's huge for them if they can put the stamp here and and get that much closer to to uh um uh you know solidifying the playoffs for themselves they want to keep playing for the uh positioning of course but um, I think they they this is this is the one they have to to win. This is the one they should win. This is one that they might not win in years past. But I think Kevin O'Connell's got all their heads screwed on straight. The big t- the ten day break is going to be in their favor. Coming at this point of the season, I, I I'm picking a Vikings win too. As you're, I'm sure, not surprised. Oh yeah, not definitely. There's no way I'll catch you now because uh, you just pick the Vikings all the way out, right? <laughs> That's right. That'd be great because they're going to win all the way out right now. I don't even know who – I only take them one time, one game at a time. Jim. One time a game at a time, you know. One time in a game, yeah. 
Uh, Bill, Bill, I, Bill Belichick's on to Cincinnati, which is freaking awesome. So yeah, there you go. Uh, there you go. Anyway, well, that's all we got this week for Vikings territory breakdown. Mark, thanks a lot for your, for coming in and uh, your contributions, and uh, thanks to everybody for checking us out. Thanks, Mike Waldem, behind the scenes producing us. Um, we appreciate you guys uh, tuning in, and and come on back next week where we'll talk about the Jets game and hopefully a, a, a NFC North champion Minnesota Vikings, but we'll take it as it comes. Um, either way, thanks. Thanks, Joe Johnson. And to all you out there, skull. Skull.